0: Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Dale Walker. I want to welcome you to our Leadership Podcast. We are looking at how to become leaders that lead like Jesus. I'm excited to have you listening. If you want the notes on this, you can get them at dalewalker.life. There's also a lot of other resources to help you grow in your leadership. Share this with someone if you are blessed. I know you will be. God bless you. Well, hello, everybody. Just really excited to share today with you um, this in our series of leading from the throne room on the discussion of bringing the atmosphere of heaven into the circumstances of earth. Um, Just have such a burden in this podcast to encourage uh, you as, as leaders, every one of you, you have influence, you have an ability to impact people's lives. And one of the ways we do that is by creating atmospheres. Uh, my first point today is that leaders are atmosphere changers. They are thermostats, as it were. By the way, if you want to download these notes, you can get it on our, our website. But Jesus talks about this in Matthew five thirteen. He said, you know, you are the salt of the earth. and uh, And then he talks about you're the light of the world. With the idea there that your presence makes things brighter. Your presence is to help people see God and his works. And it's to flavor the conversation like salt does that would make people thirsty for God. You know, I remember growing up as a little kid and my grandma, Like she was an atmosphere changer. You know, she just had the most jovial personality. She would walk in and She'd start laughing, encourage everybody. She'd play a silly game, throwing up a feather and said, now the game is everyone laugh, but when the feather hits the ground, you got to stop laughing. Well, you can imagine everybody tried to stop, but she would immediately bust out laughing. And so we would all go into it and laugh. and, And she just changed the mood of everybody around us, around her. Now, this is so crucial because What leaders understand is that having the right atmosphere is often even more important than working hard. Uh, It's very much like soil. You can work hard as a farmer, but if you have unhealthy soil, uh, if the environment of the soil isn't good, uh, you're not going to grow plants. Uh, it's, It's the atmosphere that's like the tide that the ship rides on. I know that many of us who have parented, we know that The most important thing sometimes is not what we want our kids to learn, but can we set it in that atmosphere? Um, I I know with my kids, if I really wanted to engage them, I needed to have some fun. (laughs) I needed to create, first of all, the environment uh, that would make them want to learn. And I, I tell people who are ministering, it's like Jesus clearing out the money changers you can preach the best sermon, but if you got the money changers, it's it's gonna make it hard. And those of us who have preached, you know, I've I've been in environments where it was so incredible that I felt like I could have sang, Mary had a little land, and you know, 50 people would have got saved. And other times I felt like I was preaching my very best sermon and, and people were asleep. This is uh, huge. We we say around here a lot. Uh, people will forget the things that you say, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. It's that that atmosphere. And, and so I just wanna challenge you from the beginning, whatever you're doing, ministry or sales or, 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 or parenting, uh, what is your strategy to help people feel the way you want them to feel so they will be able to receive what you want them to receive? And my wife Sharon is such a great atmosphere changer and, uh, you know, the first thing she, she did as a children's pastor, is she created, okay, we want to create the safest, funnest, most God-filled hour. And what we realized is that those first impressions were huge. You know, people decide within a matter of a few seconds how open they're gonna be. And she just would go out of the way to make that first moments extraordinary, meet, meet kids in the parking lot, whatever they have to do. Uh, to create the environment. I was reflecting on this uh, and thinking about a lot about Martin Luther King Jr. and why finally some laws were able to be changed. I believe it was because uh, he and the civil rights movement were able to start to change the atmosphere that's still changing. Now, how do we do this? Well, once we're aware of this, we understand the key to shifting atmospheres is leading from the throne room, what we have been talking about. It's, it's being in God's presence because the atmosphere that changes people's lives is that atmosphere that's in the presence of God. You know, I believe the kingdom of God is is its a lot more than a place. It's a dimension. In Romans 14, 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is, is not a matter of eating and drinking, it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It is a sense of, of God's presence. When we, through through prayer and aligning our hearts with God, move with the Holy Spirit, uh, it affects not only what we and ourselves can receive, but how people around us can receive. When I was a young pastor, starting my first church, I had a burden for the uh, soldiers in Fort Bliss out in El Paso, and I would go evangelize on on the Dyer Street area, which uh, a lot of the soldiers would go, and that's where bars were and stuff, and and I would share the Lord with them. And One time, I, I felt deeply, the Lord said, I want you to go and go into this bar, and of course, I've been raised, you don't go into bars. And it was kind of like, like Peter, I, I've never been in that before. You know, I'm not going to do that. And and the Lord says, I want to teach you something about, about atmosphere. And he just gave me this word. He said, though you make your bed in hell, I'm there. Uh, Dale, my presence is everywhere. the The question is, can somebody transmit my presence uh, around them? I went in the bar kind of prayed around the room, and I I just, uh, you know, come Holy Spirit, I just started thanking the Lord, and I eventually sat down at the bar by this fella and began to let him know, did you know God's presence is in here? And before long, I had a group around me talking about Jesus, and, and that soldier accepted Christ, and it was like heaven came, and I said, wow, you're teaching me something, Lord. Heaven can come in the darkest places, if we are aligned with your Holy Spirit. People who are spirit-filled know that the real battle is, is in the environment. In Ephesians 6, 12, 13, it says, there's a war going on with authorities and powers of darkness. Many of our struggles uh, are not just with people, but it's the spiritual atmosphere that controls their minds. Uh, so Corinthians four forces that they have that the God of this world has blinded them. And and I think many times you've seen that where there is a a closeness and a a hardness. Well, that's a a spiritual atmosphere that God gives us authority. I love what 1 John 4, 4 says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people. Speaking of the, the antichrist people, so he's talking about people who were against God. He said, because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Isn't that a great thought? God says the atmosphere in you of his presence, righteousness, peace, and joy, has greater power than than the atmospheres around us. So how can we effectively be used by God uh, to shift atmosphere? Well, number one, we have to realize atmospheres don't shift automatically. They shift intentionally. We understand that the atmosphere of this world naturally heads in a negative direction. One place, Peter says, don't be surprised by the fiery trial. In other words, we live in an environment where where negativity is, is the spirit of the culture. And especially in our day, uh, there's a spirit we know right now about this pandemic and the political environment I call it a spirit of discouragement. People, we know that naturally you need interaction. You need to touch people. You need need fellowship and with people so isolated, a spirit of heaviness has come on so many people's lives. That's why I feel that this message is, is so important. And so what we know is that we can't just sit around and say, well, I hope things, people start to feel better. No, God wants us to interact. Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, um, don't be overcome by evil, but be prepared so that you can overcome evil with good. A key part of prayer is prayer is a way of responding in the Holy Spirit so we don't react in our flesh. (laughs) And and Jesus would talk about this. He would say, you're going to have experiences where people are going to curse you You need to take intentional uh, action. You need to bless those who curse you and pray for those when you're despitefully used by people. It's not enough to say, I'm going to ignore that. No, Uh, you need to pray because otherwise your actions could create a reaction in the atmosphere that affects other people. What we understand is that Jesus himself learned how to cooperate with the father so that his presence would permeate. I love the story of Jesus in, in John 13, the the night before he's going to be crucified. When they go into that upper room, you talk about a negative atmosphere. The disciples are arguing about who's the greatest. There's tension. You could have cut it with a knife. Jesus discerns that. and he, He takes off that outer robe and he, gets a towel and he starts washing feet. And, and in his gentleness, everything shifts and God does something great. So leaders understand they have authority to change an atmosphere. Uh, how does it start? It starts with us. Uh, they understand that to change an atmosphere around us always starts with changing an attitude within us. <laughs> We often say we don't get to choose what happens to us, but we can choose the reaction we have to what is happening to us. You can never produce a positive atmosphere with a negative attitude. Um, Our attitude immediately uh, controls the atmosphere. And so uh, I love what Rick Warren, he he said to pastors one time, he says, if you want to know the temperature of your church, put the thermometer in your own mouth. Now that's true of a family, that's true of a business. Um, When you know the attitude of the leader, you can usually tell the direction, conversations, other things that are happening or going. God wants us to align our attitude with Him. One of the things I love Bill Johnson talks about is that God is in a good mood. <laughs> and, and, and if you see, God is always encouraging, the God of all comforts, encouraging you. And, and if you were to sense God's attitude right now, it's encouraging. It's blessing. He's rejoicing over you, Zephaniah 3:17 says. He's celebrating over you. He's not down on you. He's not discouraged. And so, representing God, being a mirror of God to the world is asking that the attitude, as it says in Philippians 2.5, that was in Jesus becomes the attitude that's in us. When this happens, we have an ability to affect others. I really see, of course, Paul and Silas beaten up in a prison cell, and they begin to praise the Lord. Well, we know there are spiritual dynamics to that, But there was something so powerful when they chose joy, it came directly in the opposite spirit of that prison cell, which was despair, abuse, cruelty. Joy came in and dislodged the dark spirits, opened the heavens for God to move. The earthquake came and and the glory of God came and a church was planted. So what are some steps? we can take them within ourselves and with others around us. Um, Number one, discern the attitudes that are around you, what you are feeling. Refuse to partner with negative attitudes and determine that you have authority to partner with the attitude and the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. You know, people who change atmospheres, they, they, they read the room. They sense the mood. They sense it in their own heart. They they know, wow, I've got some work to do. And I I just love to tell the story about how Jesus, when he talked about the heart that we have, he says, it's like ground. And and, and the word is is sown on the ground, but some have hard ground, some shallow ground, some ground with lots of thorns and and weeds, and some have good ground. And even on the good ground, some uh, produce 34. Full, sixtyfold, hundredfold fruit. You know, I've heard people say, well, if only I had a better teacher, a better preacher, I'd really grow in the Lord. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe if you had a better heart. It, it's really so often not what the word is out on the outside, but the positioning of your heart. Friend, if you want to be a great leader, continually say, God, How receptive is my heart? How much am I partnering with the hunger of the Holy Spirit? If my heart's right, I could produce an atmosphere that's incredible, that would change my family. I could lift the spiritual atmosphere of my marriage. And and, and so often I tell people, the reason we have difficulty with hard conversations is not the conversation, it's that we don't have an atmosphere of trust, kindness, respect. When we walk into a place, we feel that atmosphere. Maybe you can discern, as I've described in this pandemic, a heaviness, a discouragement. Some places you walk in and there's a victim mentality. There's a complaining spirit. There's an unbelief. Isn't it interesting? It says Jesus could not do many mighty works in his hometown because of the unbelief. Even though he was God, the atmosphere of the hearts were so closed. Uh, to him, as I said, discernment means looking at our own reaction. Sometimes we wake up in a mood, and and we need to discern that. Maybe that mood is is just, you know, we got a headache, and, and maybe it's it's actually a burden for other people that God's putting on our heart, or maybe it's a demonic attack. Sometimes that happens to us. Well, we can't deal with it if we can't recognize it, and so. We pray and we claim our authority. That's the third thing. We claim our authority in Christ to take authority to choose what we will partner with and what we will refuse to partner with in our spirit. We can, by the power of the name of Jesus, we can say, in Jesus' name, by the authority of Christ, because I am crucified with Christ, I do not have to partner with anger. And so in Jesus' name, I refuse anger. I nail those angry thoughts to the cross and I choose to partner with Holy Spirit in forgiveness. I choose to connect with the Holy Spirit in joy today. I refuse to come in agreement with hopelessness, with discouragement, with negativity, with sarcasm, or with any other negative mood or environment. Jesus would say in John 14, 30, I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming, but he has no hold over me. In other words, Jesus said, I, he's around me, but he's not getting in me. I'm gonna choose my response and God's gonna work through that choice. What a wonderful thing to be thought of about the throne room of God. We are seated with Christ, the Bible. says We have a position and in this presence called the throne room the, is, is worship. It's the angels singing. It's, it's God praying for us. And we'll talk about that next week. It's, it's the fact that Jesus on his throne is interceding and saying, I am for you. Who can be against you? It, it's, it's an incredible place. And we can say, Lord, I am, I am choosing to embrace that atmosphere in my spirit. A third thing is we can be filled with the Holy Spirit then. We can ask Holy Spirit, take that atmosphere of heaven and let it overflow in my heart. In Ephesians five eighteen, it says, don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak to yourself in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs. How do you do that? Number one, I believe you're filled with the Spirit when you change your focus. Jesus would say, uh, when you see bad things happening to you in the last day, look up. <laughs> don't, don't look at the circumstance. Look at your God. Um, I love what Corey Tim Boom said. She said, look around and you'll be distressed. Look within and you'll get depressed. But look up to God and you'll be blessed. This inner choice to say, God, I am, I am looking to Jesus, the author of my faith. I am lifting my eyes unto the heavens, From whence does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, you know, the maker of heaven and earth, Psalms 127. In Psalm 73, David says one time, he says, I nearly slipped and I nearly crashed because I became envious when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He started noticing how evil people were getting advantages and it got him mad. He started to let that take him down in a dark place. And he said, but then I remembered the Lord. Then I went into the house of the Lord and you held me with your right hand. I remember that even when my heart and flesh fail, you're my strength and you're my portion. God, they may get some of the loot, but I get the spirit. I get you, God. And suddenly by looking up, he was able to shake off the negative spirit that was coming on his life. I love a story of a missionary pilot who would go into areas of Indonesia just a one uh, kind of cedar propeller plane, and and he'd take Bibles and he'd get up and and he was leaving one of these places to his horror. He hears this, this terrible sound and it's he knows what it is. They have rats as big as cats and they had gotten in the gears and and he's up there already. He Says, "Oh no, what if they just chew up the?" the gears and, and and crashed my plane. And he's trying to figure out what he could do. Could he get a hammer and go find the rats, but then he wouldn't uh, be able to fly. And, and all of a sudden he remembered, you know, rats can't exist in high altitude. So he turned the nose of the plane up and he got higher and higher. And eventually the sound of the rat was gone. You know, we can spend our life chasing rats. <laughs> looking at the negative. Boy, if you listen to the news, there's a lot of rats rolling around and noise. Or we can look up to God and we can say, you know, God, I gotta just live in a higher place. Would you take care of those negatives? We get filled with the Holy Spirit, mainly by gratitude, praise. It says, sing to the Lord. Man, you don't know how much that changes an atmosphere when you just praise the Lord, when you choose gratitude. Number four, recognize the power of words. Atmospheres are determined by the words we speak. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 13, 1, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be confirmed. Um, James would say, you know, the tongue is so little, but it sets the course. It's the the rudder that sets where the body is going to go to. In, In any kind of relationship, the words set the atmosphere. And, and it's just amazing how, how a negative word can set the atmosphere that could end in a divorce or in an abusive situation. And James says, boy, if you can learn to control your tongue, you're gonna to see blessing in every part of your life. You're gonna see goodness come. So if you wanna shift the atmosphere, shift your way of speaking, I believe that starts with, with what you say to yourself. Again, sometimes I like to think of words as signing a contract by the mouth of two or three words. Uh, witnesses, every word is confirmed. If if I hear the devil saying, you're, you're gonna be miserable, nothing's gonna work out, and I start repeating that, that's like me signing a contract. Okay, you spirit of heaviness, I covenant to agree with you that nothing is gonna go right today. You're, you're just giving permission. Uh, to be dominated by those things. Whereas if I say, I, I, I refuse that and I say, Lord, in spite of how it looks, I declare, I shall see the goodness of the Lord today in the land of the living. God is working all things for my good. I am signing a contract with Holy Spirit because I'm agreeing with him, what he wants to do. This is the single most important factor in changing atmosphere in relationship. I would say the number one atmosphere changer God wants us to employ is this simple gift of encouragement. Hebrews 3.13 says, encourage one another every day as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I believe that this call to speak words, to enter into every relationship and into every relational atmosphere, looking for a way to build someone up, looking for that fruit, you know, that apple of gold in a setting of silver, looking for what I could say to this person that would shift the atmosphere of their discouragement. Never has this been more important than in this day as the spirit of discouragement is on people The word encouragement originally came in the original language from something that you would say to a soldier who was about to go into battle who was frightened. It was a way of putting courage into them. Literally, to speak encouragement is a supernatural. Someone called it like putting spiritual adrenaline into people, putting a spiritual EpiPen into somebody who's about to suffocate and and resurrecting their heart. And, And if you know how to come into a room and and you are intentional. How many know it's just so much easier to partner with the spirit of criticism in our political world today? And people just naturally, you know, tear down. And and yet the great art of saying, there is a way I can encourage somebody today. I remember my dad used to say, Dale, just do this one thing, encourage everybody. I said, well, well, what if they, they don't need encouragement? He'd say, believe me everybody needs encouragement because everybody is discouraged and hurting in some day, place in their life and if you can find those words you can change an atmosphere that can change a life I love to tell the story when I was in seventh grade I was always in trouble poor student and, and, and I got in trouble one day miss hasty called me in after her, her, her class and it's ready to go to the principal and I forget some silly thing I had done. And I don't know why, but God must have moved on her heart because she said, sit sit here. And she looked in my eyes and she said, Dale Walker, I want to tell you something. I know something about you. I said, "Oh, oh man, I am in trouble, you know. She said, Dale, I know that you're a leader. I know that you are going to influence people in an amazing way. I know that right now you're using some of your gifts wrong, but you're going to turn it around, son. I believe in you. Those words were like magic in me. I didn't say anything. I started to quiver inside, but inside of me was born a new atmosphere of how I saw myself, and I went on to really change and and become a pretty good student. This is so critical now. As you go into a room, as you begin to give a message, as you begin to correct someone, as you begin to deal with a problem, don't rush to the problem. Don't rush to what needs to be said or what needs to be fixed. Take another step and say, where's the people's heart? If their heart's at a zero, I gotta get them up to a five somehow. Maybe that's gonna be listening to them. Maybe that's gonna be letting them get something off their chest. Maybe it's gonna be say, Holy Spirit, give me something to say. This encourages how we pray. This includes how we pray for people. We change atmospheres by prayer. Especially we change atmosphere when we have people we pray with. In Matthew 18, 18 to 20, Jesus said, again, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. And what Jesus is saying, I have given you, and we said it in our last Sunday, I've given you keys. I have given you keys to block aid, uh, to block a spirit of despair, <laughs> to say no to hopelessness. To, to come in the spirit, and, and, and we get ready to go into a day. And I'd say, I, and you know, just so say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I know the people are hurt right now. I know they're offended. I know they're feeling hopeless. But right now, I pray in the name of Jesus for that spirit of heaviness to be bound. I agree that you would lose a spirit of joy and glory and your presence. Thank you, Lord. And then, if you find someone you can pray with, I found it's kind of like creating a whirlpool in a swimming pool. The more people, sometimes I'll just call a friend and say, "You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna face a very difficult environment. Would you be in agreement uh, in prayer with me that we could we could change that?" And then finally, we change environments by strategically learning how to act in the opposite spirit of whatever. Spirit, the enemy is trying to create and get us to partner with. We don't change an atmosphere by yelling at the darkness, but by turning up the light. If you want to get rid of cockroaches, you can try to chase them down or you can turn on the light. You can create an environment and cockroaches don't like the light. You can clean and wash and, and, and cleanliness gets rid of the rats. You can, you can work on the inner spirit of the place. Perfect love casts out fear. This is, uh, this is huge right now in what we're doing in our city. I remember reading the fantastic book, Conspiracy of Kindness by Steve Shogren, and he talked about just serving people. He says, if you will consistently sow seeds of kindness in your city, eventually you will create an environment in your city where people are continuously coming to Christ. Oh wow, that was so good! We found that's true. We're doing a drive-through where people come by for boxes of food. Hundreds of people every week. We do what we're calling "Love Las Cruces to Life." We went and just sang outside of the windows of people in nursing homes, packed food boxes, did yard work for for widows and, and elderly people, uh, went and put quarters, gave quarters to people in the wash washing machine in uh, the laundry mats. We every way we could, we washed cars for free. we gave uh, little cards of encouragement. You know what's happened? People have started coming to Christ. This is, is so key when you are in a place where there's been a lot of wound. Don't try to just get a lot done but ask God, how could I sow some seeds here? I love, of course, St. Francis' prayer. Uh, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. Lord, if it isn't receiving, it's in giving that we bring eternal life. I have seen that if you need a change in your family, Begin to think of the spirit that's tried to oppress you. Act in the opposite spirit. One cute story I like to tell about my wife Sharon. She, she's so good at this, and she, uh, uh, we had a neighbor. His name was was Bob. He was retired, like sergeant, and he was a grumpy. They kind of called him Grumpy Bob, and uh, people just stayed away from him. He had a meticulous yard, and. And one day we noticed that our cat was missing and come to find out he had set up cat traps and and he didn't like cats going in his yard and messing with his yard and and uh, our, our, our little cat Frosty had been taken captive by mr. Bob and I have to admit that I wasn't really all that uh, <laughs> upset about it but Sharon loved her cat and and I remember getting home that, that night and she was working in the kitchen and she was, I, I could see she was kind of moving pans and kind of hitting that thing, you know, spoon. And, and I said, what are you doing? She says, I'm making brownies for Mr. Bob. I said, what are you doing? And she said, I am so mad at him. I am so hurt by him because, uh, you know, he he's put frosting, you know, into the pound. Oh, you know, and all this, but uh, she's praying. And I'll never forget. She goes over there and says, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Bob, but uh, we, we know that you don't like our cat. I just made you this to know that I'm sorry and, and, uh, and we'll, we'll make things right with you. And she began to just talk to him and all of a sudden big old tears came down his eyes. He, he kind of got really quiet. He started apologizing to her, literally quit and got the help get the cat out of the pound. You know, it wasn't much longer after that that in a conversation with him, I got to lead Mr. Bob to Jesus as his personal savior. But my wife had changed the atmosphere so I could bring a message. Ask God to show you the atmospheres he wants you to create this week. Pray about it, go into the throne room, bring the spirit of God from there to the hard places you have to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pastor Dale's Leadership Podcast. It is our hope that you have been inspired in a great way. We encourage you to stay tuned for future content. May God bless you richly.